Jesus said in John chapter 12, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. That's what Jesus said. And that's what we're trying to do here at Emmanuel. Hello, my name's Pastor Bob Gray, and I'm glad that you've taken the time to join us for one of our services. Our goal here at Emmanuel is to lift up Christ, to lift him up so high that no matter where you're at right now, he will draw you closer to him. That's our goal. May you enjoy the services of Emmanuel. And if I can be of service to you, please let me know. God bless you. Enjoy the service. When you hear someone going astray in their Christian life, we often ask this question, what happened to them? We tend to think in terms of some abstract force of the unknown, some invisible spiritual force that cannot be reckoned with, that sneaks up on our people that we know, and kicks their spiritual feet out from under them, and somehow they end up in a spiritual ditch along some desolate highway of life. And then we ask, what happened to them? If in time to come you hear that your pastor is a spiritual casualty in life and is crippled by bad decisions or doctrinal apostasy, then do not ask the question, what happened to pastor? Ask this question, who happened to pastor? Because it's never a what happened, it's always a who happened. That's the title for tonight, who happened to them? The fall of man started with the doubting voice of a who when Satan questioned God's integrity to Eve. This influence caused Eve to yield and thus plunged mankind into a life of thorns and thistles. It was not a what, it was a who. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The horrible victimization and violation of a sister by a brother was made possible because of a who. Jonadab's counsel made it possible for a brother to rob a sister of her virginity. 2 Samuel 13, 2, And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. And Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab. It was a who. The father in the book of Proverbs knew the power of the who. This dad instructed his son with this admonition. The father knew the influence of a who would lead to a life of crime. Proverbs 1.10, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all precious substance and we shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not, not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from the path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. It is not what happened, it is who happened. The morals of a young man could, have, could not have been destroyed except it was for a who in the dark of night. Wisdom personified knew that through the sensual siren influence of a strange woman, a pure young man would find himself descending with her and down the steps to hell. 
For at the window of my casement, I looked through my casement, Proverbs 7, and behold, among the simple ones, I discerned among the youth a young man void of understanding passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman, a who? With the attire of an harlot, subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. Now is she without. Now in the streets and lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him and with an impudent, impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. Therefore came I forth to meet thee, diligently to seek thy face. I have found thee. I have decked my beds with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, alloy, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves, for the goodman is not at home. He has gone a long journey, has taken a bag of money with him, and will come home at the day appointed. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after her straightway, as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend unto the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths, for she hath cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. King Solomon would have ended up dying just as wise of a king, but instead he was a foolish disappointment, all because of a who. The who, this daughter of Pharaoh, introduced him to the women of five heathen nations, and these women and his love for them, because of the who, turned his heart away from God. 1 Kings 11.1, 1, but King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughters, daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love, and he had 700 wives princesses, 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Your belief system is not what you say you believe, but who you bond in life with. Look at the who's in your life that you consider close, dear friends, and you are their belief system. Amos 3.3, 3, can two walk together except they be agreed? Every child of God needs to take inventory of the Rolodex or the contact list of the who's in your life and understand those who's are either bringing you closer to God and his holiness, or they are taking you further away from God and his holiness. If a believer ends up with a spiritually successful life, it will be because they surrounded themselves with the right who's and they allowed them to influence them for godliness. But if a believer ends up with a spiritual inferior life when they meet their Savior, it will not be because of a what, it will be because of a who they allowed to influence their life. There are four biblical who's that you need to separate from. And I am asking every believer under the sound of the voice of the word of God to understand 
that the success of any family and the success of any children is directly related to the who's that you allow. I would like to publicly thank my mom and my dad for understanding this one principle when their children were young, that their children will become the who's that were friends with my mom and dad. And I would like to thank Bob and Leanne Gray for making hard decisions when their kids were young, that they would not allow these four who's to be involved in our family. The first biblical who, would you go to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1? The who that bewitched them. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1, and this is not pastor's opinion, this is God's opinion, because God is very particular. Look at Galatians chapter 3 in verse number 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath what please bewitched you, that ye should not obey the truth. This bewitching, this type of fascination, the idea here is simply that by this, this person with this charm and this fascination can use their charm and use their fascination to bump you off of your momentum, bewitched. There comes a time in every believer's life that you must take a stand with the who's in your life. I'm not calling for isolation. We're salt. I'm not calling for us to run to a corner. We're light. But I am telling you that the future of your spiritual life and my spiritual life is that we must be smart enough to understand that throughout the Bible, every life that took its demise was not because of the unknown, but it was because of the who's that were allowed to influence. And this who that Paul is telling the Galatians, who hath bewitched you? Look at it, that ye should not obey the truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you, this only what I learn of you, Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain? If it be yet in vain, look at verse 5. He therefore that ministereth you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Ladies and gentlemen, there must be a commitment that you will not allow a who in your spiritual life that will bewitch you. This bewitching simply means you've lost momentum. It simply means that they have fascinated you to where you took your eyes off of where you were supposed to go and they have bumped you off to the side of the road. Who was it with their charm? And who was it with their intellect? And who was it with their fancy words and their complicated phrases and their, uh, uh, their, their the, the, this, this, this pontification of an idea? Let me tell you something. What the writer is saying here is, a, let me tell you something. It's very evident. It was set forth that we got saved by grace. We live by grace and we live a very simplified life. I trusted Jesus one day. He saved my soul. Now I'm going to heaven. Now I just live and that's the simplicity of it. The who. Who happened to them? And if any believer ends up not being the who they were meant to be, then it comes down to the who that hindered them and knocked them off of where they used to be. The second who, Galatians 5.1, 
Not only the who that bewitched them, the who that bewitched them, but then the who that hindered them. This who. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but by faith, but faith which worketh by love. Ye did run well. Ladies and gentlemen, there was a time when believers picked up the simplicity of the faith. They tucked it underneath their arms and they just ran as fast as they could for God. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? Look at verse number eight. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. If you and I find our lives not being where it needs to be, don't think of some group of ninjas who crawled up over the end of the bed of your life and pulled you down. No, it's a who. It's a who that you allowed into your life to knock you off of that path. It's a who that you and I allowed into our life that all of a sudden retarded us. That's exactly what that word hindered, hinders mean. It means that we have been retarded. We have gone backwards. Ladies and gentlemen, I should have more faith, simplistic faith in this book, this word, and this kind of living than I've ever had. Who? Not what. The who that bewitched. The who that hindered. And look at Romans 16, 17. The who that deceived. These are the who's. That when these who start becoming this type of influence in our lives, that we need to quickly shed these who's, and we need to quickly distance ourselves from these who's. I'm not saying stand up and beat a drum and go after them. I'm just saying, as you made the conscious decision to allow these who's into your life, make the conscious decision to unhook from these who's. Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine whom ye have learned, and what please? Avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but by their own belly and by good words and fair speeches do what please? Deceive the hearts of the simple. This may not be a popular sermon in this day and time, but I will tell you this that my faith is not to be bantered around like some badminton game. My faith is to be examined in love and built upon. I don't have time to argue my faith. I have time to love my faith, bolster my faith. And the Bible is very clear right here in Romans 16, 17, that anybody that would cause a disunion, anybody that would cause an offense contrary to the doctrine, this is not saying that people don't have a different belief system. Please hear your pastor. It doesn't mean that somebody doesn't have a different belief system. But what it does mean is that when there is a constant influence to draw you away from the simplicity that is in Christ, this, my friend, is the dividing point. This, my friend, is when it's like my intimate relationship 
is done. The last who is the who that you're included in their activity. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Throughout the Bible, there's always a who. And the devil has a who for you. The devil has a who for me. There's always a who. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. The hardest sermon a preacher will ever preach is a sermon like this, because nobody wants to be the outcast, and everybody wants to get along. But I do believe this. I do believe that there are the who's that are trying to knock you off what you believe. There are the who's that are trying to deceive you. And there are the who's that they have ungodly activity that they want to include you in their activity. And the Lord said, you come out from among them. Well, you don't, you have no part to be yoked up. You have no reason to fellowship. You have no reason to commune or to be a concord or part or an agreement. We're weird. We're peculiar. And there must come a time when you take a stand. One of our church members gave me permission to use this particular thing in their life. They said, Pastor, for years I would go to the casinos and I would sit at the tables and I would waste the money. The reason we were behind on bills for so long is I would get in the car and I would go to Shreveport and sit at the boats over there. And I would absolutely be involved in that type of activity. The playing cards, the money, the different games. I said, Pastor, when I decided to get up and walk away from that table, I felt like that I would never have any more friends. But I knew I had to get up because I knew that this group of who was not the group God intended for me to hang out with. And they got up and they left. They said years later, I was happening to be sitting with some friends in a distant state. And all of a sudden, they broke out the same playing cards that they used in the casino. He said, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. And they justified the activities of the who by saying, well, you know, it's just a friendly game of poker. It's just a friendly game of cards. And do you know to this believer who had to walk away from that who, he said, I found myself standing up at the table and walking away from the table. Ladies and gentlemen, the only reason I think our lifestyles are the way they are 
is because of the who's that we interact with. And I think that it's time for every believer to look at the who's and not be mean, not be a jerk, but in God's dear name, take a stand. In God's dear name, take a stand. Because I truly believe that for every who that you have to take a stand with, listen to this, God's got another who that you can enjoy life with. See, we think when we take the stand with who, oh my goodness, what's my world then? Go to Proverbs, if you will. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 17. Proverbs 27 and verse 17. And would you look at this, please? You see, friendship is not based on acquiescing and giving in and always being a yes. Would you please look at Proverbs 27, 17? Iron sharpeneth what, please? Iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his what, please? Friend. Would you read this verse with me out again, please? Ready? Read it out loud together. All of it ready? Begin. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. The purpose of friendship and the purpose of the who's in our life is not for us to get along. The purpose of friendship and iron is uh, friendship is for us to sharpen each other. When you and I walk away from each other, something should have been sharpened. Something should have been more of a glistening saber. Something should have a sharper edge on it. I ought to want to love God more. I ought to want to love our church more. I ought to, ought to want to love to get the souls of men saved more. There ought to be more that I love and more that I love and more that I love. But my friend, when a relationship with a who becomes a common hatred of a Jesus, then we are nothing more than a Pilate and a Herod. And the only reason we're getting along is because we found a common angst. Please, please listen to this. Behind every tragedy is a who. Because we do not understand that the greatest gift you could ever give your children are the right set of who's. The greatest thing I could ever do for my children and my family while these kids were growing up was to check the door for the who's. And, and I didn't want the who's in our living room that would make fun of my belief system. And, and I didn't want the who's inside of our voice and the rhetoric of our family that would absolutely tear down the Bible. No, 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 no. I wanted the who's that lifted up Jesus Christ and the who's that lifted up salvation by grace through faith. Listen to me. These are the tenets. It is the who's. I wanted people to sharpen me. I don't want people to agree with me. I want people to sharpen me. The who's. Go to 1 Corinthians 3, 5. You see, these who's in our life, the who's in our life, you have one life to live. Live it with the right who's. You have one life to live. Live it with the right who's. I'm not advocating bad treatment of people. Never right to treat people wrong. Never right. Never right. 
Always polite. Always kind. Ladies and gentlemen, if we want preservation of a life, long life, of living for the Lord Jesus Christ, then there has to be a boundary to where I am so sorry. We're friends. And I love you and I'll do anything for you. But if I'm going to spend time, it will be with the who's that mirror my belief system. Look what it says here, 1 Corinthians 3, 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed. Even as every, even as the Lord gave to who? Every man. Do you know what the book says? God's already given you your who's. God did not arrange your life any other way than this. Who's are going to come in? Who's are going to go out? Who's are going to come in? Who's are going to go out? And do you know what God is saying? I'm going to bring the right who along at the right time so that you can believe that I am who I say I am. The who's in our life are very, very important. Everybody, everybody needs to know that I'm here to help you. I'm here just to help you along, to help you believe more. I preached a sermon one time, and then I was asked by one of our men, and, and, uh, and I did not ask his permission, but I don't think he'll mind. If he does, he'll stand up and throw something at me. But I preached a sermon one time, and this man in our church says, could I meet you? We met right up here at Starbucks, and, and, he, and he took the Bible, and he was like, hey, can I talk to you about something you said in a sermon? I said, absolutely. And, and, and Brother Hicks, he took the Word of God, and he simply said, let me show you what the Word of God has to say. You see, that's a who in my life that's an iron, sharpening iron, that makes me want to believe God more. Listen, this is the reason for the who's. Would you please go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13? 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 13, listen, please know this. For every who, for every who that you've got to take a stand and say, that's, that's, I don't want this influence. Those who's are replaced by who's that are already around you. God's already brought every who into your life to give you what you're looking for. Look at the beauty of this. 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men. And seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast what? Learned and hast been what please? Assured of knowing of what please? Whom thou hast learned them. Do you know God brings preachers into your life and spiritual leaders into your life and moms and dads into your life and grandparents into your life? Because these are the people that have taught you the ways of God. There's a generation that has completely taken everything they believe and they have chunked it all. They, they, they have chunked it all. And then there's a generation that I would put myself in this generation, that I put everything on the whiteboard. And I kept my doctrinal basis and belief and didn't change it one bit. 
And the only thing I wanted to add to it was this. How do I make Christ look better? Oh, my friend, this, this, and I know it's not maybe the most bombastic sermon you've ever heard or whatever the case, where it ranks, I don't care. I just know this, that it is a biblical truth that there is a, a, a thin line that runs throughout this book that the who God has taken out of your life and the who God has put into your life and the who's on these journeys are very, very important. Can, can you not see the who's that God has brought to sharpen you? Can you not see the who's that God has brought you to help you believe on God more? Have you, can you not see the who's that have taught you and you've been assured of the things they've taught by their lifestyle? Let me tell you something. And if those who's are simply nothing more than to try to get you, go to Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 1. Colossians 3 and verse number 1. Look at it. Colossians 3, 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on the things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Look at verse 4. When Christ, comma, read the next phrase, please. Who is our life shall appear. Then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Hey, let me tell you something. If the who's in my life are not totally about the who who's coming from my life, then I need to change the who's. As you walk through life, you will find who's that have a different belief system than you have. They have a different moral structure than you have. They have a different way of looking at life than you have. And there are things in our life that we truly need to take in, people in our life that we need to take inventory and ask ourselves about people in our life. Is this who's trying to stop my momentum that I'm living for God? Is the, are these who's trying to hinder me or retard me and take me back? Are these who's trying to pull me away from where, where I go to church and the belief system I have? And are these who's trying to include me in bad activity that a child of God should never. And then you need to ask yourself this question. Have I not recognized the who's that sharpen me? Surround your life with people who are iron. Surround yourself with people who are exclamation points. I believe it. Not, not people who put everything in. No, no, I believe it. Excellent. I believe it. Exclamation points. And ladies and gentlemen, when we do this, then we will find out that we can have our who's that help us believe. God's given every man this. Then we're going to know that we can continue in the things, but at the end of the day, guess who needs to be our life? The who that we should be all about is the Lord Jesus Christ. This is simple. This is simple. You look at everybody through Christ. Don't look at through Christ through the mind of man. Look at everybody through the mind of God. What you're going to find out when Christ becomes your life, 
then you can love everybody. You can. You just walk around and say, hey, how's it going? Great. Yeah. But there is something to be said about the influences that come into your life. Young people, listen to this. Please listen to your pastor. The most dangerous time of your life is when you get a job and you meet your first who. And you meet that very first who. That who. Hey, young couples, freaks and get married. Let me tell you something. After you get married, you get out on your own. And now you have this so-called freedom that exists. It's a dangerous time because now as a couple, you, you meet the very first who couple that says, you're married now. You can do whatever you want to do. Oh, my friend. I, I think that if the Holy Spirit of God right now has said, you know, these who's have more of an influence in my life than what they need to have, then it's time to really take inventory of that. It doesn't mean that you're better than anybody. It just means this. All of us are susceptible to being influenced by a who. I'll end with this. I pastor. This is what I do for a living. And you would think that pastor would be strong enough not to be around who's. That I could interact with who's and create a great friendship with who's everywhere and not be influenced. But that's not true. Because I have to look at the who's in my life and I have to ask myself this question. Are they trying to knock me off my course? Are they trying to get pastor to retard and go backwards? Are, are they trying to include pastor in trying to get me to walk contrary to the things that I believe and I've been taught? And then are they trying to get pastor to get into some activity that no child of God should be into? And then at that point, guess what I'm supposed to do? I am supposed to back away. I'm supposed to back away. It doesn't make you better. These kind of sermons don't set well. I'm going to tell you why. Because all of us like to be liked. But one day you're going to meet them. One day you're going to meet them. Moses was taken out of Egypt, taken to the backside of the desert, only to come back in to lead people out. Please know this. God has not put you where you're at to be anything other than an influence upon other people. But if they're influencing you, then it's time to back away from that relationship and get strong. Please get strong. Thank you for being with us during this service. My prayer is always, as I study, that God would use His Word to speak to people's hearts. And may you have a good day, a good week. Please know that if we can do anything for you here at Emmanuel, all you have to do is let me know. God bless you, my friend. Have a wonderful day.